recording has started. I'm using a different system here. So, yeah, recording has started. This is my new... It's going to be called Fight Talk now because weekly combat, combat weekly. I didn't even realise that I originally called it Combat Weekly and then four episodes in, completely accidentally changed it into the Combat Weekly or whatever the... Whatever I just said then the other way around. So I'm just going to call it Fight Talk now because oh, this will just be talking about fighting and other shit. So as part of the new rebranded Fight Talk, I've got my WBC belt up there. I've got my two favourite uh, MMA fight and boxing fight posters up there. Because what's happened with a house move, I've got nothing in the background. This is where I'll have to do all my podcasting from. And there's nothing in the background. It looks like almost like you're in a fucking padded cell or something. So... I'm doing another video after this, um, and I've got like I'm gonna just start like changing the overlays just to make it like I don't know. I didn't think that was gonna look as shit as it did. To be honest, I thought it would kind of not look like it was on the wall, but you know, look, look a little bit better. But it doesn't matter anyway. So with these new fight talk weekly things, I am gonna do notes, but I've only done notes. I'm still, I still don't want to be a little sellout, so I've done notes in terms of we've got UFC two nine five Shakur Stevenson. UFC this weekend with the two fights I'm going to talk about, the Bellator card and the Saudi Arabian card. No other actual notes. It will just be me chatting shit ad hoc um, with nothing written down because that's what people say they like. They say they like it or it's just like listening to your mate talk shit. So, um, so yeah, that's what it's going to be. So, I'm going to start with UFC 295. Have I spoke about UFC? I think I spoke about UFC. Oh, no, do you know what? Someone asked about UFC 2. Let me move this camera there. So I found a webcam, and the webcam is really good. If you look at the start of the um, We're Off Topic, I'm already off topic as well. If you look at the start of the we off, We're Off Topic, the webcam was really good. But then randomly during it, I knocked the laptop like a little bit, and the webcam disconnected and fucked everything up. So I'm going to stick with the Apple um, webcam for now. And what it was is I think is because I found the webcam from when I was doing my little FIFA streaming days, but it's a USB, and these new MacBooks... I've only got the new, like, little small things. So I had to get an adapter. So I think the adapter's a bit wobbly or something. I'm not sure. Nobody gives a fuck either anyway. So we'll just uh, we'll just jump into it. So, yeah, UFC 295. I met, somebody asked a question in the live chat. And it's only when I remember seeing it and saying, I'll get to that, and then just completely forgot. So, But I'm glad anyway, because we'll just get into it now. So UFC 295. So this was one of them where I woke up for it. I've not stayed up for a UFC or boxing card in. What was the last card I stayed up for? We're talking years, got to be years. Um, got an itchy nose, I'm not picking my nose, got an itchy nose. What was the last card I actually stayed up for? I had a drink and stayed up for. Me and Booth stayed up for a valent. No, when uh, Rose had kicked Weili Zhang, um, we stayed up for that. Because I'm sure Jake Paul fought on the same night and then. I can't remember. I don't think I've stayed up for a card in a long time. So I set an alarm for this one. My alarm was set for free because I only cared about the main card. And I think I even still snoozed it. I only come down when uh, Frivola was ring walking, but that is the only fight I wanted to watch. It was before Frivola. It went, I got. See, this is the issue with no notes because then it comes to something and I haven't got anything. So UFC 295, let's have a look at what the. Oh, was Mackenzie Dern after Frivola? Or was Mackenzie uh, doing before Frivola? Let's have a look. Anyway, there are the fights, four fights I watched. So I watched, uh, yeah, Frivola was before. Yeah, I thought I did. I woke up and watched Frivola. So I I picked um, 
than what I sent the need to beat Favola. I don't think Favola is that good. I think he's very entertaining. He, I like him. He was on the room service diaries with Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell. He's a good guy. I liked him. I enjoy him. I think he's a good. He's a he's a nice guy. He's very thick. He was he was. He made me laugh because Luke Luke Thomas has been in the Marines, and he is quite Mister like USA likes America and stuff. But I don't think he's like cringy American. And Brian Campbell is like small town American, so he takes the piss out of people who like are like American. And that Matt Favola was talking about when he fought in Jacksonville or something. And he was he was like, and all I could hear was the crowd going, USA, USA. And that got me pumped. It was one of the best feelings in the world. And I just, maybe because I'm not at all patriotic, like I can't ever think of like, you know, being, you know, fighting in the crowd share in England or something that ever like moving me in any way, shape or form. But apparently it moved him. But I knew he was going to get beat because he's just not very good. He's entertaining. He'll not, he's, I think he's one of them fighters where if you bet a tenner on him, on his fights ending in the first round, um, every fight you would win a lot of money if when his career is said and done because I think he's going to get KO'd a lot in the first round and he's going to win a lot in the first round. It, didn't he lose in like 10 seconds to Terence McKinney as well, who's also not that... Terence McKinney's probably the same type of fighter. If you bet all your money on... If you bet a £10 on Terence McKinney to win in the first round or lose in the first round, every single fight, you'll probably win a lot more than you lose by the end of his career. Um, and I'm sure he knocked out Favola. But yeah, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, I would like to see him fight someone in the top 15. I don't know, maybe a Moicano, De Sanyos, uh Not upper echelons of the top 15, but... Someone like that. I'm not that asked about this fight to talk about it. So then it was Jessica Andrade versus Mackenzie Dern. I said Jessica Andrade was going to stop Mackenzie. Can you believe Mackenzie Dern was uh, 4.5 on? I don't do odds on four to one. I do the, the decimal points. I think that's a is that like an amateur better, but that's how I do them. So she was 4.5 on. So or was that minus 4.5? I don't know. Yeah, Matt. I've, I'm. I'm having a blank here on how betting works. She was a favourite anyway, a massive favourite to beat Jessica Andrade. And I just couldn't believe it. And I didn't do my £2.50 bet, but I would have put Pavlovich to beat Aspinall, I think. So I wouldn't have won my bet anyway. But all right. Would I have put? Yeah, I think I would have put Pavlovich. Well, just because of the um because of the two-week notice with uh, Aspinall, I think I would have picked Pavlovich to beat him. So I wouldn't have won my bet anyway. But I don't know how anyone had. Uh, Mackenzie Dern is such a big favourite. If you look, she's had a terrible run, and then I know she beat Jessica Hill, um, or Angela Hill, sorry. She beat Angela Hill. Um, but Angela Hill's not very good, and she wins and loses a lot of fights. Like, if you look at her record, what, is, she, is she a 500 fighter, as they call it in America? I think she's, like, pretty much even on wins and losses. She loses. Anytime she steps up, she loses, and anytime she fights someone who's not very good, she wins. And her thing is just being active and fighting all the time. So she's never going to be, I don't think she's interested in like, she's never going to get a title shot or anything like that. She's just active and fight, will fight anybody. So that win to me papered over the cracks. And Andrade, even though she went on a free fight skid, look who she lost, lost to, Erin Blanchfield, uh, Weili Zhang. This is where you should do your fucking research. Jessica Andrade, let's have a look. I'm on a thing there anyway. She lost Tatiana Suarez, who is tipped to be like one of the best, who should have won a title if she hadn't had all her neck injuries and her back injuries. Jan, oh, Jan, 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 Jan I can't spell it. So these are three fighters who will, all three of them will fight for a title at one point. She lost all three of them. I don't know if she got stopped in all three, but just before that, she lost to Lauren. Mc Was that this year? Oh my God, she's fought. Jessica Jard's fought five times this year. 
Lauren Murphy in January, she won. Then she lost three in a row this year in February, May, and August. And then she's won Mackenzie five times in a, in a calendar year. And she's on, hang on, because I've seen her what wages. Let me find her wage. This was before as well. So when she fought Caitlin Kakujian, whatever, in 2020, so she's either got a pay upgrade by then. She was on 40 and 40. So she's won two of them. So that's even if she's on the same contract she was on back then, which is very doubtful because she's that's one, two. One, two, three, four, five. that's seven, eight fights later and a title fight. So she's definitely renegotiated a contract. She would have made 80, 160, 200, 280 grand. And again, that's not a lot for fucking five fights, is it? The UFC fighters are so underpaid. But you say that, UFC fighters are so underpaid, but if Jessica Andrade was a female boxer, she could fight 10 times in a year and she wouldn't get 280 grand. So maybe they're not underpaid. Um, I need to put my phone on uh, Do Not Disturb because I am getting mm, disturbed by a lot of people here. Um, so, yeah, I knew Jessica Andrade was going to win. Mackenzie Dern, for how good she is at jiu-jitsu and how like, long she's been fighting, is just a mess. Why did she leave um, Jason Prillo? Why has she got her dad in camp? I, I know she's been going through a divorce and stuff. I don't really want to get... I don't. I feel bad just like stripping down a woman who's just lost, but like... She's a mess. Like, why she left a really good world-class camp to just train with a dad and... I don't know. She's going nowhere, Mackenzie Dern, anyway. But let's go back to the main... So then after that, after Mackenzie Dern was the Aspinall versus Pavlovich fight, all my hands up, I said Pavlovich would win. Not because I think he's better than Aspinall, because I think Aspinall is like the new breed of UFC heavyweight. He's good all round. He can grapple. He can strike. He's got good cardio. He's big. He's not like a small heavyweight. He's in shape. Like, he is the next generation of good heavyweight. So I didn't think Pavlovich was any better than him because I still, I, if you look at my, I think it would have been the live chat, if not the live chat, maybe the watch along where someone asked me about it. I said, Pavlovich is not that good. He got fucking terrorised by, like, do you know when you watch somebody and you just can't get that out of your head, no matter what, what they do? Because he only, not, he has, if you look at him, he's got a lot of like first round stoppages against people who are not that good. So when you watch something and you watch it, and you've seen it live. You can't get it. Here. I watched him. I don't know why I was watching that card. Let me just have a look who who the card who, who was on the card with. So Pavlovich. I really, 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 really should have done some research for this. But then again, I think it's better that I don't. So Pavlovich, Marcelo Glom, Maurice Green, Samil Abkumovov, Derek Derek Lewis, two of us are in Curtis Blades. So I watched him lose. Oh, because it was Blades versus Garnu too. Yeah, it was Blades versus Garner too. That's why I watched it, because I watched that fight. So that's why I watched him. I watched him make his UFC debut on Blades versus Garner too and get fucking terrorised and stopped by Alessandro Overeem. And he got took down and stopped by punches on by uh, ground and pound. And I, you know when you just can't, like I said, you just can't get it out of your head that that happened. Like, I can't get it out of my head that he lost on by getting taken down by Overeem, who was like, even Overeem, that's in, that's in 2018, and Overeem was finished by then already so it's like hard it's hard to like process that he's good so i've never been a massive public fan but i just thought he's he, he was the backup fighter for jones and uh stipe anyway which just shows how ridiculous that is why was he a backup fighter jones gets injured and he doesn't fight stipe just nonsense but so he was training for the fight so i just thought aspinall two weeks out he's just come back off a long layoff 
with a knee injury and he only fought one round against Tiberi, if you remember. He only thought he was over him like whatever, three minutes or something. So I just thought Rust and all that, that Pavlovich would win. But Aspinall, man, what can you say? Pavlovich caught him early. I think they'll rematch at some point down the line. Pavlovich will probably knock out a few people and then rematch down the line because Pavlovich tagged him early. And you can, what if you watch it back, Aspinall, and he said it since in, uh, in the interview with Erwin on Monday, he said that he was hurt. He, like, not hurt, but he said like he can punch. He, he tagged him and he can punch. And he just caught him, didn't he? And just caught him and knocked him out. And fair play, like a fucking, I know it's interim, but interim champion from uh, from Averton, fucking 20 minutes away from Bolton. There's no way Jones is going to fight him. I don't blame him. Why would Jones fight Tom Aspinall? Why would Jones fight any of these people? He only wants a Stipe fight. Stipe only wants a Jones fight. And the UFC want to make it happen because it's a big money spinner. It's two legends. They're probably Jones probably won't outright admit he's going to retire, but he's not going to fight any of them. If anything, he'd move down again just to prove he can because, like, John Jones is the greatest of all time. He's won the like he's won and defended the light heavyweight championship more than anyone else. I think he's got the most defenses, title defenses of all time. And like, what does he get out of being Tarspal? Yeah, Tom Aspinall is now the interim UFC heavyweight champion. He's still not a big star in the UFC, in, in, even in England. If he walks down the street, Averton, I'm guessing everyone knows him. But if he walked, if he went to Oxford Road in London or gets off a gets off the train at Euston Station in London, I promise you, not ten people are asking him for a picture. He's not big in, in the UK and he's not big in America. That's the UFC machine. You don't need to be big to be a big star in America in UFC and make loads of money because the UFC is a brand that makes money and you just get paid from it. Do you know what I mean? The, like if Pereira versus Prohaska, two people who don't even speak properly good English. I know Prohaska speaks good English, but not like he speaks better English than I speak any language, but two people that are not fluent or really good at speaking English. Selling out MSG for one of the biggest UFC now have the top three gates at MSG. Top three gates at MSG. You know how ridiculous that is. McGregor's one of them. I'm guessing the second one was the Bisbee GSP card. Oh, it might have even been last year since the prices have gone up. And then that, how is that headlined by them fighters and that core main event? Do you know what I mean? The UFC is just such a big brand that that happens. Um, so why would John Jones even bother fighting any of these up and coming heavyweights? They're all killers. None of them got big names. He's got nothing to prove anymore. Let him fight Stipe and just fucking run off into the sunshine with another 10 million or whatever you'll get for that fight. Like, no one's... I'm certainly not interested in watching him fight Tom Aspinall or Curtis Blades or fucking Almeida or any of these people. So why would he? And then the main event, Pereira versus Prohatska. We all knew it was going to be wild. Um, it was wild. Pereira, man, what a fucking... What a gangster he is, them leg kicks, mate. The first leg kick, the first leg kick he landed buckled Pereira, uh, Prohatska, and perhaps didn't want to know after that. I feel like Pereira, it's weird, so I don't know anything about kickboxing or the, the semantics or the fucking dynamics of kickboxing, but they were saying it on commentary, look at how the way he kicks. He doesn't set the kicks up or he, does, he just kicks. He doesn't like... There's no like no telling that means he's gonna kick. He just kicks you, and he doesn't get any like uh, range in it or snap it or anything. He just he just kicks you, and it hurts. Like most people load up a kick, or you can see it because the the hips move and stuff. But he doesn't. He just kicks you out of nowhere, so you can't get out of the way of it. And I think fucking Yuri Pahatska took three of them and was like, nah, no, thank you. <laughs> like, and, and, and that happened in the easy fight. It happened in the easy fight. I don't think he kicked Strickland. But even in, the, in both easy fights, it's like you take two or three of them leg kicks and you just think, nah, this is not what I'm into. Like, fuck, 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 fuck this, mate. 
And then they start switching stances, they start changing the game plan. So Prohatska at first was sort of sitting on the outside, but then after he took like three leg kicks, he started trying to walk him down, which is the right thing to do if you get if you're taking leg kicks by someone who's kicking the fuck out of you, walk him down because it must obviously, like I said, I don't know this, but I know enough from watching it, and I do study not study MMA, but I like I'm a bit of a nerdy MMA fan now that leg kicks are harder to throw, obviously, when you're going backwards. So perhaps come at the right the right idea in terms of what he changed his game plan, but I just don't know how you deal with them leg kicks. And he got him down, didn't he, in the end of the first round? But I think Pahura, by training with Glover Teixeira, has got good enough now where like, he can get himself up. If you look, he got himself up, but it was a, quite a... Not a great get-up. He just sort of stood up almost like Derek Lewis, but in like every way. I think like someone like a Jones or a Cormier or who else was a good wrestler? Not Gustafsson. I don't know, but a good wrestler at light heavyweight would have just strangled the life of him if he ever tried to get up like perhaps because he's just a striker and he's a striker who's been at it longer so we could take him down. So I don't I don't know what what like I'm not I'm not sure what who put like how good Pereira is at light heavyweight. I think he's just a he's fell into a circumstance where light heavyweights are in disarray in terms of there's no really good big names in it at the minute and and he is quite good and it's all strikers, isn't it? So he's gonna probably fight uh, Jamar Hill next because Jamar Hill's next in Latin. Well, Jamar Hill did his Achilles in July, though, and Dana White said Jamar Hill's next. Jamar, if Jamar Hill did his, snapped his Achilles in July, he's not fighting until at least July next year. What, you're going to keep Perot's just overnight turned into one of the biggest stars in MMA out till July? Why would the fuck would you do that? He has to fight someone. Johnny Walker's fighting Ankalev in a rematch in January, so I guess if the winner of that could fight him in maybe like as a shit, cat, a shit fight on UFC 300. Um, but I think it'd be fucking very stupid to uh, make Pereira sit out till July, August, till when Hill's back, unless he wants to. Maybe he wants to. He has been very active. But I just think he's a bit of a beast. Like I, I, I said that I don't think he's as big a, uh, as big a ballgame man at um, light heavyweight as he was at middleweight. But that he did that, like I don't know. It's I don't think he has as much power up there as proven in the uh, Blahovic fight and. He land, I don't know. He's very good and he's going to win fights because there's no wrestlers at 2 or 5 and he's very entertaining and he's a big star. But I'm not quite sure how good he is and how much his power translates up there. I loved his call out of Izzy, even though Izzy should never fight him again. Their rivalry is perfect. Pahur has won the most fights in the rivalry, so he gets that. And Izzy's won the. Um, the last fight, so he gets that. Just leave it at that because I don't want to see him fight again because Pereira will always knock Izzy out. And even though I never liked Izzy all his career, I've sort of like I sort of like turned into liking him towards the end, which is funny because he, as I started liking him, he lost two out of three, <laughs> which is just me all over. Uh, but I don't want to see them fight again. I'd rather uh, Izzy stay at middleweight and fight all the middleweights and Pereira stay at light heavyweight and fight all the light heavyweights. But I wouldn't mind. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Smith fight. Anthony Smith, because they've got a bit of beef. Who else is there? Just get, just throw him in with an easy fight in March or February or summer or April, just after two, three or three or uh, three hundred. And perhaps go. Which group could perhaps go fight next? The loser of Ankle Walker or the winner of Ankle Walker? I don't know anybody. Tom Aspinall will probably defend the interim title in a UK show next year. Put him in against Blades, rematch the Blades. I know he kind of lost to Blades, even though no one really sees it as a loss. So maybe put a rematch against Blades. He could fight Almeida. 
Derek Lewis gets a win, give him a Derek Lewis because it's like nobody cares about the intro title, so it's not like it has to be a, like someone relative. If Derek Lewis can just run somebody over and then get a fucking fight against Tom Aspinall to boost Tom Aspinall's um, profile, then why not? But yeah, I don't, I've spent 20 minutes on UFC 295. I think this is how this video is going to go. So Shakur Stevenson, he is fighting tonight, by the way, uh, Thursday night, yeah. I've... From different podcasts I've been listening to this week, he's fighting tonight because the F1 is the F1 in Vegas. Is that the 18th this weekend? And they, didn't, they couldn't go head to head with that. Nothing, nothing's allowed to go. I think that was horrible. I should have muted the mic. Uh, nothing's allowed to go head to head with the F1. I think that's a. I heard that's a deal that Vegas signed to get the F1. So he's fighting tonight. And I did also hear on either Ariel or Tom Luke Thomas's podcast that he's going against college football. So he's probably going to do about 10k viewers. I don't even know who he's fighting actually. Who is he fighting, Shakur Stevenson? I feel like with these ones, until they actually fight each other, do you know, like the, the uh, Davises and all that, until they actually have a fight against each other, no one cares about who they're fighting. Who's he fighting? Let's have a look, Sha Shakur Stevenson. Edwin Della Santos, 16-1. and one. Yeah, no one cares about this fight whatsoever, especially not me. Uh, yeah, I don't care about this fight. One bit. So... Yeah, Shakur Stevenson is going to win. He's a very good fighter. So, yeah, just letting you all know he fights tonight if anyone watches this before. Uh, after that, I've got UFC this weekend. Uh, I'll go UFC this weekend, then I'll go Bellator because I've got a lot more to say about Bellator than I'll go about the Saudi card. So, UFC this weekend, we've got Dave. Dave? Dave Allen? No, Brandon Allen versus Paul Craig. Paul Craig. Um, I think Paul Craig, I like Paul Craig. And if you watch him on the Room Service Diary, again, I mentioned that twice now with Luke Thomas and... Um, Brian Campbell, he's a sick guy, you know, he's a proper jock, like he's funny, his sound, the things he says, the way he talks, the... he got into MMA and thought it was called UFC, he, he used to call it UFC chokes, he said, oh, we're doing UFC chokes thing, and then he talks about how, um... has anyone heard the story about how he's got this, how he's... So even even on, uh, even on Instagram today, I see a thing um, from the UFC of him getting his face painted. And has anyone heard the story of how he got his face, how he actually got his face painted? Shall I play? Shall I play the stuff? Look, so that's him getting his face painted. Shall I play the whole thing of how he gets his face painted or shall I explain the story? I think I should play it. Let me go to it. So uh, Paul Craig, because it just fills some time, room service diary, here we go. I'll, I can easily skip to it. Hang on. Here we go, why he paints his face. Up there, he comes up. And Did he? What's the story? Did he? I know he had some dispute with Ashrup. What you got to do is take up, take off another man's sock. You are take some people's politics. Um, I will say go. this, Luke. Uh, if they if they made sock game part of that, you did it. What was that? It's probably bigger in the states than it is in America. They have highlight. No, we were going to do the gimmick where you were going to. Oh no! How realistic is that shit? Nah, it's, it's absolute bullshit. Yeah, the guy, like. It's, they, they came up to Scotland to film it. Talk about Braveheart, man. There was too many midges, like, mis, like small mosquitoes. Midges, imagine him trying to say midges to Americans. Just bite you. So they had to go to Ireland to film it. Uh, so they didn't film all the way in Scotland. I didn't know Braveheart was filmed in Ireland until I feel like I've, I've watched this about three times, but I didn't know that. Is this worth me playing it? I think it's a good story. The story itself is not anywhere close to the truth. The battle was actually fought on a bridge. It was called the bridge of the battle of Silver. Okay, uh, what they done was they let so I had the first fight and Sacrament not fighting very fairly. So the story of Braveheart is not even close. But the story of this war paint is brilliant. I had the first fight in the Sacramento and I met a guy. I was in doing a jog and I met a guy, the most intense motherfucker you're ever gonna meet, oh, yeah. Mike Perry. 
Dude, my parents. Oh my god, man, oh, he, he, he was he was he was trading. You know, he's super percent black. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've all seen that. Like that video, he's like, back off. And you're like, whoa, shit. So he's in. So he's in the. He's in the. He's in the the gym, and he's there with his at the time it was uh, his girlfriend, the blonde haired girl, and he was sparring with. And I'm on the treadmill watching this guy, and I think, this guy's super intense. And he had pulled no punches against this chick. And his coach is watching. So his coach gets absolutely just watching, just enjoying this. Um, Are they wearing gloves and shit? Aye, the bat, just battle the sexies. And the men were definitely winning this. So it's a sparring match. Mike Perry against a woman wearing gloves. Yes. Oh. Did, you hear, did you hear this? Since Bell of the Sexes and the men were definitely winning. Like, we, we, we definitely had the upper hand there. I was like, yeah. I, I, after I gave a clap, like, yeah, proud. there was no Billie Jean King moment in this. Listen, the guy was not pulling punches or kicks. Like, she had not done the dishes, and uh, the dinner was not on the table, and he was kicking. Oh, wow. oh, Welcome to misogynist comedy. <laughs> and this is the last time Paul will be on a podcast. So I go back, and I'd never known this. And I was explaining to my coach at the time. I was like, listen, man. I was like, I had there. He was absolutely going to town. He was it Turns out it was Mike Perry. So Mike Perry then starts speaking to me, and he was super intense, like, He's garish, and I was like, aye. He's like, fucking brave heart. And I was like, aye. He's like, C5 is you. And I was like, aye. And he's like, I'd fucking do the blue pink, man. And I'd fucking, let's go, Scatlin. I looked at my coach and I went, that's a fucking brilliant idea. So we went to. Um, so it never occurred to you, just so I'm clear, until Mike Perry, Mike Perry has the, the idea. Mike Perry's the guy behind it. Fucking Gene Perry also Mike Perry. Lover <laughs> Imagine a Scottish UFC fighter. His whole, not identity, but we all know him from painting his face. Fucking blue and white for Scotland. And it came from Mike fucking Perry. Oh, it just makes me laugh. Anyway, Mike Perry. I don't know why I've just played that as if anyone gives a fuck. And it's wasted a minute. But, so we've got... Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. Paul Craig's moved down to middleweight from light heavyweight. Um, I thought it was a mad move, but did he beat Munoz in his last fight? I watched it. Subbed him, sick fight. It was on a great card, that, actually. Which which card was that now? Um, again, no research. Paul Craig. He, it, was, it was a big card. Why did I watch that? Uh, this is an Apex card. Ah, Aspinall versus Tybora. That's why I watched it, because it was on the UK card. With Molly McCann when she got strangled. Um, that's why I watched it. Yeah, it was it was UFC London. Uh results. Yeah, and I couldn't believe I thought he was gonna lose Andre Muniz. I thought he was gonna lose Munoz Muniz because 20 like the difference between middleweight and light heavyweight is 20 pounds, 185 to 285. That's a lot of weight to lose at all. Like a lot of weight. And he lost it and he won. So now he's fighting um Brendan Allen, who's Quite good, but not like amazing. Uh, anytime he's knackered, anytime he, um, this is my first, this is on Thursday, I'm my first full week as full time work. So I do 6 2 Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. So I've started yesterday off, I went to Bolton, and then today I was in, I've been up since five, and then tomorrow five, and then I'm done for the weekend. But I'm actually staying in Bolton this weekend because, uh, my mum's going out. So we're staying, I'm staying at home to, uh, I suppose look after my dad. Not so it's bad, but yeah, look after my dad. We're getting a takeaway and then we're going to Bam fucking Boo. Anyone who's from Bolton who's watching this, Bamboo, the Oriental Cafe. It's only open till like four in the afternoon. It's the best Chinese you'll ever eat. Anyway, back to the fights. Um, I don't really talk about the Apex cards, but I like Paul Craig because he's Scottish. So Paul Craig's going to kill him and Chase Hooper's on the card and the video of Chase Hooper telling because he looks like um, 
Ben Askren and he's telling Masvidal that Askren's his dad and Askren apologises for knocking his dad out but then he turns like I'm not his dad. Anyway, go to Bellator 301. So, such a weird card this because Bellator's folding. They've just had 300 so you'd think you'd stop at 300. But then again, 301 is well a well better card than 300 which makes, and this is just, this is not me reading anything. I've done the notes. I've just got the fights. This is me off the top of the head something that I cannot understand. Why would Bellator do a random 301 unless they all these fighters fight car fights without having to pay a merch or something. Why would they randomly do a do 300 and it not be the greatest of cards? And then go to 301 just before they fold slash get sold to PFL. It'd be a sick card, right? It is a good card this weekend. It, I'm not going to pretend that anyone's into Bellator, pretend that I watch all Bellator, but I know every single fighter except one on the main card, no, except two on the main card. I know them all. I probably will wake up on Will I wake up and watch Bellator? No, I'm not going to wake up and watch Bellator because I've got work the next day. I'll have, I'm working overtime on Sunday. Can you believe? After fucking five years off full-time work, I'm now working overtime. Anyway, never really there. So they've got Ans Anslov versus Jason Jackson as the main event over Sergio Pettis versus Patchy Mix. Sick, sick, sick fight. I know a lot, not a lot of people will probably know who either then to. I know... Some people don't know Sergio Pettis because he's anti Pettis' uh, little brother, but he's that's a sick, sick, sick fight. Rafael Stotts versus Danny Sabatello rematch. I don't know if anyone can be asked, but if you go on YouTube and watch them two on Uriel Hawani's show, they're in studio together and they have a big fucking kickoff and an argument. They fought in the semi-final of, semi of the tournament and Stotts won and then lost the final of the tournament. And then AJ McKee's fighting Sydney Outlaw. I don't know who Sydney Outlaw is, but AJ McKee, I love him. When they did the tournament, because uh, obviously I'm from Bolton and Saul Rogers was in the tournament and he's from Bolton. Everyone on their story was going, come on, Saul, he's going to win this. And I thought AJ McKee's going to win the tournament easy and he won the tournament easy. And then Patricky Pitbull is the shitter of the two Pitbull brothers. He's fighting Shabili. Don't know who he is, but can you believe Ancelot versus Jackson's the main event over Pettis versus Patchy Mix? It's the same as Bellator 300 when they had uh, Namagamedov versus uh, what's the guy who lost? Who's the guy who lost to? Who's the guy who got smacked in the face by Pettis? Actually, of all people, Anthony Pettis is the kid. The kid, what's his fucking name? Uh, ben, Benson Henderson. Can you believe that headlined over Cyborg, who's like one of Fingy's favorite fighters? Um, what's his name now? Uh, Corker, whatever Corker's called, who owns it. Uh, not Chris Corker, fucking hell. Anyway, Corker, who, who, who runs Bellator, they just seem to just like get in their own way in terms of headlines. There's been no promotion for this. I know they are folding after this card, so it's a bit of a shame, but Patchy Mix versus fucking Sergio Pettis is a sick fight. Like, it's better than any fight that's happening in the UFC. It's better than the Paul Craig fight. It's an unbelievable fight, and it's the core main event to a shit fight. I'm not going to bore everyone by going into Bellator 300, but just let me know. I'm just going to let you all know that that is just it is a sick card. Like that is a good card. And Anaslov versus Jackson, Patchy Mix versus Pettis, and Rafael Stotts versus Savatello were three very good fights. And AJ McKee, I don't know who Sydney Outlaw is, but AJ McKee is a very good fighter and he's enjoyable to watch. And um, Patricky Pitbull is all action, even though he's not the good one of the two Pitbull brothers. So sick card. Right, we'll go to the other thing. So I've got mixed feelings about this um, just because obviously we're all going to watch this card because it's it's got so many big names on it. It's such a big card. Although the atmosphere is 
the atmosphere at the Saudi cards are bad anyway. Even the Fury versus Ngannou atmosphere was terrible. So the atmosphere for all these squash matches is going to be shocking. Realistically, there's one fight on this card that's kind of like, oh, I don't know who's going to win that. Well, then again, maybe two, but only because maybe I'm a Joshua hater and I'm letting the hate blind me. But I think I have, I think I am backing that up. So I'm going to go through the cards. You've got Makhmadov versus Kabayal. I only know because I'm going to talk about the fights that I know. So Makhmadov versus Kabayal. I only know Kabayal because he beat Chisora in Monaco and used to always flirt with the idea of fighting Joshua. I think Hearn used to use him as a buffer to get people to lower the demands to fight Joshua. Frank Sanchez versus Junior Fat. I've heard of them both. Never seen even fight. Hergovic versus Demore. Hergovic is dog shit, and Demore is the guy who hate sparked and around on Dave before Bellew beat him twice. So there you go. Opatia versus so we've got two English people being led to slaughter in Opatia versus Zorro and Bivol versus Arthur. Why is Lyndon Arthur fighting Bivol and why is Zorro fighting Opatia? Jan Opatia. Jan Opatia is just ran over an English person in one of the worst title defences of all time, and now he's taking Zorro in another shocking title defence. Don't understand it. Don't understand either of them. Lyndon Arthur. Lyndon Arthur robbed my mate once <laughs> on a Christmas night out, and now he's fighting Bivol in Saudi Arabia. So, obviously, fair play to them both. They're going to get paid well, and it's a big opportunity for them, but they're both going to get battered. i seen someone say, well, not someone I was replying to him, is he was, he's saying, but saying Arthur could get decapitated. I don't think so. Decapitated? De de decapitated. Decapitated. Don't think so. Bivol's not that type of fighter. He's not like an overly aggressive fighter. He's not. He went the distance with uh, uh, what's he called Ramirez last time out. He's not. He's quite a boring safety first fighter. I know he stepped on the gas against Canelo because I think he felt he had to to win to win the fight. But I'm sure that no one's interested in either of them two fights. Like this is a card where if any of these fights headlined a card with a standard on the card, you wouldn't probably wouldn't bother watching them unless it was like. You'd probably watch Joshua Wiling because it's Joshua and it, if it was on normal design, you'd watch it. Well, people who've got like boxes and stuff would watch anyway. But none of these fights are good. None of us have ever asked for any of these fights. No one wants to watch Bivol Arthur. No one wants to watch Opatai Zorro. No one wants to watch Her Hergovic Demore. It's just because they're all big names. And it's like big name, but in squash fights, it's not really a great card. Then you've got the only fight I think where I'm not quite sure who's going to win is Dubois Miller. Now, Miller, Big Ben Miller is dog shit. He was dog shit before he got caught cheating. And then since he got caught cheating, he's even fatter and dog shit because he can't afford to cheat again because he's skinned and he lost to Joshua Payne. So now he's even worse. But then Dubois is shit as well. He's a quitter. He's not was never very, very good anyway. He's got good power, but Miller's got good power. Miller weighs 300 pounds, so he's quite sturdy. So... Not sure who's going to win that fight. Also, not a fight I've ever been asked about, but probably the only fight that's slightly competitive on the card in terms of on paper without mitigating circumstances is that fight that's on that's like even on paper. Wilder Parker, Parker could genuinely die in this fight. Wilder will kill him. People are saying within three rounds, and that's probably the safety bet, but I think that'll be a first round demolition job. Wilder will beat Parker in a round. Parker, he got stopped by Joyce who we've seen is not that good. And I know it, he got stopped in like ninth, 10th round or something, but he's been, since then, I think he's just on cash out mode and he's just ended up getting the ultimate cash out now in a wilder fight. He fought not that long ago on the other Saudi card, on the Ingarni undercard. I, just, I do not see how that's competitive. I think Wilder's going to kill him. And then Joshua Wilding, but I think Otto Wilding, Otto Wilding, I think it's Valin, if you're saying it properly. I think he could beat Joshua. Joshua's gun shy. He is afraid of conflict in the ring not out the ring the way he kicks off with Miller and that but he's afraid of conflict in the ring and Valin 
Got a good win against Gassiev away from home last time out. He's keen, he's game, he had a good fight with Fury. I heard him on the Boxing Asylum podcast talk, and he's a really nice guy saying, like, he fought the Fury after the Fury, how the Fury fight when he would get opportunities, but I think he ended up being like a who needs him. He's like, he's he's not a big name, doesn't sell any tickets, he doesn't sell pay per views, but from the Fury fight, he's, re, he's, he's actually quite good. And I think that's why he's got the Joshua fight because. Hearn's quite smart. He knew he could have got he could have got Joshua an easy opponent on this card because it's not supposed it's a showcase card where these people fight each other and then they fight in a better fight later on in the year or next year on this fucking raid season. Like the hoping Joshua Wild this the hoping Joshua flatlines Wilding, which he won't, Wilder flatlines Parker, which he will, and then it's like two worlds collide. Let's hype up this big fight between them two. But Joshua could get beat, you know. If Wilding, He's confident and puts it on him. Joshua could get beat because Joshua is not that good. And he used to be good. The Joshua pre the Ruiz fight would stop Valin with ease. But post Ruiz, he hasn't won to know. He beat he beat he rematched Ruiz and beat a very fat party head Ruiz. Whilst fighting scared, by the way. I watched that. I know it's easy, it's stupid for me to say I don't fight, but he thought that fight scared. And then did he be after beating Ruiz? Did he defend against Pulev during COVID and beat a very old Pulev who then lost to Jazora in more rounds than it should have took him? And then lost twice to Usyk. And then realistically, if Usyk had a crumb like literally a crumb power, he would have stopped Joshua. So Otto Valin could beat Joshua and completely kill the Joshua Wilder fight. But I don't want Joshua to lose because I want Wilder and Joshua to fight. I want the big spectacle of it. I want the build-up to it. I want to terrorise Sam saying Wilder's going to kill him and then watch Wilder kill him. It's the same with Dubois Miller. I'm not a big fighter fan of Miller. I'm not, I don't care about drugs in boxing. I've said that many times. Like, I'm not I'm not asked that he pops. I just don't really like him. I think he's a big, fat, horrible, boring cum. But I'd rather him beat Dubois, who we know is boring and shit and a quitter, because then I would like to see the Joshua fight down the line because the beef's funny. And for some reason, Miller just gets in Joshua's head and Joshua's head falls off of him. Um, but yeah, it's one of, like I said, it's one of them cards where it's got loads of fights that nobody cares about, nobody asks for. Because there's so many big names on it, we'll all probably sit up and watch it. And one thing I'll say about these Saudi, Saudi cards is they're always on at a fucking good time for us. So yeah, I will watch it, but I'm not asked about it. Uh, I think I had a few other things to say, but I've been... 37 minutes, so I'm going to cut this off now. Um, I need to start selling things. So people like the video. If you're watching it, a new watcher, subscribe. I know these uh, fight talk slash morning, uh, Mortal Kombat, weekly combat, combat weeklies don't really get many viewers. But if you're a new viewer, please subscribe, like. I need to sell this shit. Go and watch my live chat from Sunday. It's pretty good. Uh, Toulouse review, talking about protests. Can't really be asked selling stuff. Yeah, just watch any videos that are on my YouTube and yeah, I'm gonna go. This has been good. This has been the new fight talk. This is rebranded fight talk. So yeah, in a bit. End recording. So I click the end recording. I always think it's gonna be a one-click button, but it's not. You have to then confirm it. So yeah, now I'm going to.